Hey everybody, it's Payday and you're listening to the Payday Podcast with your host, me, Samantha Mantra. Today's podcast is called Not Enough, aka that inevitable moment that most of us have had on the job where it's payday and we realize we're not getting paid enough, at least not for our needs. There are generally three types of people on payday. There's the person who didn't even realize they got paid today. Shout out to that person. We want to be that person. Uh, There's the people who notice that it's payday and they celebrate. And there's the people who don't even crack a smile. They're just kind of angry on payday because it's not enough money and they're going to their second job anyway. So the direct deposit is hit and close of business has happened and you are on your way home or maybe doing your virtual Zoom commute back to your couch or your bed And you're asking yourself, how do I make more money? Especially if that check did not last until sunset because you paid rent that day. So let's start there. Let's start with how most of us job search. Most of us job search in generally three ways. One, we are resenting our job. We want to get out of our job. And we're just talking to our friends and family and venting. The main way people job search is that they don't. They might send out two or three applications over the course of three to four months, but it's a lot of, oh, I can't wait to leave this job. It doesn't pay enough and not enough. Okay, I've applied to company A, B, C. I'm looking for a role that offers me client exposure. I'm looking for a role where they will help me pay for a new technical certification. There is very little agency or direction because you're frustrated. The second way people job search is you just start applying to jobs that are exactly like the same one you work for currently. You know, when you do the same thing over and over and you expect it to be different, that's one of the definitions of local. Three, you just apply furiously to every single opening position. You just fly through every open position in your city, on the LinkedIn board that day, going through Indeed, you are ready to go and you are spamming your resume to the wider recruiting universe. And I use the word spam deliberately. You're not a good fit for every role. No candidate can be. And if you're applying to roles that are drastically different from each other, then how does that make you any different, stand apart from the annoying emails that we all get for something that it has no relevance to us. So the three ways people job search is one, they don't. Two, they apply to the exact same positions. Three, you're sending your resume to every open position. Here is why none of those typical ways work. If you're doing the first thing, you're basically relying on the dumb luck of word of mouth. That doesn't work for people in their entry level of their career, in mid-level career. It really only works for people who are senior enough to have a plethora of connections that their rants and frustrations are like, hey, you want a job at my company instead? If you're doing the second thing, which is applying to multiple positions that are exactly like your current role, identical positions usually mean identical problems. And there's a good reason why you're applying to a position that seems identical to your current position. It's because this is where your skill set is, this may be where your passion is, or this is just the area where you feel most professionally confident in doing your job. But I want to encourage you, dear listener, to question why you're applying to the exact same role in a different company. 
especially if your new identical role is within the same industry that you currently work. Industry pay ranges are usually not that different from each other. So really ask yourself why you're applying to the same job if you're unhappy enough to leave your job outside of the paycheck. Three, that third thing most people do, spamming your resume. Spamming doesn't equal quality. Spam equals delete. So if the three most common ways people job search are most likely to fail, what then is the solution? The solution is to always have a job search strategy for yourself. And I have five simple rules to creating your personal job search strategy and five tactics that I'm going to share with you. So let's start with the simple stuff. Simple rules, quality over quantity. I think a lot of us feel the pressure, especially when we realize that the money isn't cutting it, to just apply to a certain number of jobs per week or per day or per month. The problem with that is you're like, oh, I just need to apply to two more jobs and then that's 10 jobs for the week. But those jobs don't necessarily align with what you're interested in or what you're interested in getting paid. So rule number one, quality over quantity in your applications. Rule number two, identify the skill sets that make you money. This is actually a lot easier than you may think. It starts by just opening up the job description for your current role. I'm serious. Take a look at it and ask yourself, what skill sets have I mastered on this role? What skill sets have I obtained while working this role? And then take a look at the open postings. What skill sets are recruiters asking for over and over again? Those are the ones that are high value. Those are the jobs that are likely to get you paid a little bit more because you've got to make this easy for yourself. It is one of my firm professional beliefs that we should make life easier wherever possible. Speaking of ways to make your life easier, if you're getting ready to start a podcast and you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the easiest way to get started. It's free. Anchor distributes your podcast for you across multiple platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Their app allows you to edit straight from your phone or computer, and there's no minimum listenership to start earning revenue. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now that we're back from our little sponsorship break, let's keep going on to simple rules. Rule number three, evaluate the employer and evaluate your lifestyle. Chances are that money isn't the only reason you're about to leave this job. And when you're looking for new jobs, evaluate them. Work-life balance is one of those phrases that gets tossed around without any real meaning attached. Nine to fives have mostly gone the way of the dinosaur. So what does it mean to work a job from nine to six, nine to seven? Where is balance? Is balance something that only pops up quarterly? Is your lifestyle fitting with what you do? How do you make those changes? You don't need to have all the answers, but it's actually helpful to keep the questions in mind because it can be frustrating pushing yourself as a priority to the back of the list every single time you have to make a career-based decision. Simple rule number four, your variation. You have to vary where you're applying, and the easiest way to do this is to get outside of just LinkedIn, Indeed, and Monster and vary your job boards. Take a look at job boards like angel.co. All the startups are there. Startups who've just raised their first real round of funding and are hiring their first manager or specialist roles. Startups who are, have been running for five to seven years and are generating revenue now. It's important to look outside your sandbox. 
Take a look at Jockwell. If you're a BIPOC candidate, you need to be where people value your labor. Jockwell is a job board just for people of color. If you're a candidate who is non-technical, your role doesn't require certifications, doesn't require software management, and you feel frustrated by these conversations around money because you feel like you don't have a valuable skill set, there is a job board that exists planted specifically for non-technical positions at high growth companies, i.e. companies who value you and the soft skills you bring to the organization. Vary your job boards, people. It does make a big difference when you start to look outside of your sandbox. You no longer will see job descriptions written the same way, but you will see your skill sets pop up. My last note on job boards, make sure that you're checking what is close to you. In this case, I'm literally talking about your city. Check out builtin.com. If you live in Austin, Boston, Chicago, Colorado, LA, New York, where I'm based, San Francisco, or Seattle, there is a built-in community that has tech jobs in your city, homegrown, close to where you live. If you're looking nationwide, they have those too. And remote work is going to continue to explode because we're not going anywhere, people. We will be inside for the next several months. So that's job boards. My last simple rule for your job search strategy is salary and lifestyle alignment, aka I want you to sit down and calculate your life. The worst thing is getting a salary increase, celebrating it, and then realizing you're actually not as far out the hole as you thought you were going to be. You actually need to make just $2,000 more. And that's a real example. It's really important before you negotiate your offer as you're interviewing that you have a real idea of what you need to live your life in your current form, in your current lifestyle. How much money do you need to make to increase your lifestyle? If this is all overwhelming, go back to basics. I need a new job. I need to pay X much. And I need to pay a little bit more than that so that maybe I could take my mom on a vacation next year. Keep it simple for yourself. And if you're struggling with that math, feel free to hit me up, samanthamantra.com, and I'll help you calculate that back into your numbers and figure out what you need to negotiate for next. So that brings us to tactics, the actual nitty gritty of how we're applying for a job, interviewing for a job, getting a job while still having a job, because that's actually a lot harder than it sounds. And for those of you who've done this two or three times already, you know that. So my first tactic, blocks of time, set aside 30 minute blocks of time. Don't try and do a set amount of jobs per sit down. And I would start with little lunch breaks. We're all entitled to an hour to 30 minute lunch breaks. Use half of your lunch break to write a cover letter. Use half of your lunch break to set up your resume if you haven't updated it in a couple of years. Use your time in a way that makes sense for your lifestyle. So for example, if you're a morning person, use your morning cup of tea to just pick out which jobs you're going to apply to over the course of the week. If you're a night owl and you get all your energy after 4 p.m., by the time work is over, instead of, you know, opening up Netflix, ask yourself, you know, who are your ideal companies? Who is your ideal employer? Who's your ideal manager? 
because there are places where you can look up how people manage. If you are looking for a female boss in advertising, there's literally a website called wherearethebossladies.com that talks about what it means to work under good leaders and literally lists out where you could find these wonderful women leaders. I know that's an industry-specific example, but I just wanted to give an example that shows you that you could kind of pick out who your next manager is, who your next boss is, if you're involved enough in your own job search process. Break it into segments, do it in time chunks, don't try and do everything in a single night. We have all had that experience of that one application that took three hours because of their outdated job software. So first thing, blocks of time. Second thing, you're going to be applying to a whole set of jobs. Please, people, have a job tracker. It could be in Excel. It could be in Google Sheets. I don't care what format you have it in, but it can't be your emails because that's not a real tracking system. It's important to be able to look in a one place, a simple place, and say, oh, I applied to this job on December 12th. I heard back on December 15th, and then they ghosted me, and I never heard from them again. Because they'll repost that job, and if you forgot about it, you might, you might apply to that job again on February 2nd. Keeping a job tracker helps you to not appear like spam to the companies. If you want, you could even make it more detailed. For example, maybe you're a parent and you really need the company to have a certain type of benefit for you and your children or your child. Well, when you're doing your research on what companies offer what benefits, throw that in your job tracker. If you're getting information from salary.com and Payscale and Glassdoor and your peers and a college friend who works in this company in the adjacent department on what they're paying their people, again, one place. I think the salary for this job is between fifty and $60,000. I think this other position salary range is probably like seventy-five to eighty. This is the information you need to make sure that you don't mix things up on your head because job searching shouldn't be a full-time job, but it's going to feel like that until you have a central place to track these different pieces of information. Keeping these different pieces of information in a central place means that job searching is not going to feel like a full-time job anymore. Instead, it'll just be an hour of your time or 30 minutes of your time once every one or two days until you have that new role that we're aiming for. So that's tactic number two, keep a consistent job tracker. Tactic number three, quality templates. Templatize your resume, templatize your cover letters. Yes, I know how I'm pronouncing it, bear with me. Templates, a good template will save you hours and hours of time, especially when you just need to, I picked out the job, I'm hitting submit, I'm gonna change some things in this cover letter template and go. You also need to have email templates. Keep in mind that templates are not necessarily something to do quickly, so matches something that saves you time. And the difference is, if you're doing anything quickly, you're likely to make mistakes. And the last thing you want is to send a template cover letter or a template email to company A's recruiter when you, when you addressed it to company B's recruiter. These type of small missteps or mistakes lose people jobs. And having a beautiful template ready to go means you can make your edits on your lunch break, double check when you get off at night, and just hit send, and now it's done and out of your way. It saves a lot of stress, too. 
I know in the resume world, there's a lot of discussion about customizing your resume for every job or having a master resume that you copy and then just delete or make edits. In the end, it really doesn't matter how you do it so much that you have one structure for your resume and your resume should never be five pages long or three pages long. And if it's length and editing of your resume that you're really struggling with, put, make yourself a budget for a resume writer and get that off your plate as well. Again, make your life simple. So that brings me to my next tactic. We're talking about making our life simple, consistency. It is far better to apply to one job a week if that's all you can manage with your mental space and have it be a quality job than apply to 20 jobs one week and then not apply to another job for the next two or three months. Consistency. Whatever you're doing, start small so it can consistently happen. Starting big makes it really difficult for you to keep that pace up. So if you've been applying to 20 jobs every two weeks for the last three to five months, that's exhausting and you're going to start to feel burnt out by your job search. I implore you to make your consistency realistic for your current life. My last tactic, tactic number five, is to talk about reasonable networking. I know my introverts groan when they hear the word networking, but networking doesn't have to mean after our lunches. We all are indoors due to a global pandemic, but even before we were indoors, there are tons of virtual events. A small commitment, attend one virtual event a month. That's only 12 a year. These virtual events every month, you learn things, you intersect with new people, you intersect with people who are outside of your industry, but are essentially doing your role. And it's those connections that will help you gain roles one year or two years into the future, or with a bit of luck, in the next couple of months. Reasonable networking, people. Another great tip for reasonable networking, peer communities that are outside of your employer ERGs, your employer resource groups. We don't really think about this that much in the professional space, but there are whole communities of Asian professionals who work in communications, black engineers who work together outside of the country on topics that affect them at work and how their identity intersects with how their work is perceived. Find your group outside of your employer. If it's outside of your current employer, you'll feel a lot more free to discuss, dissect, and examine what role you're looking for next. So those are my tactics. These are my rules. Thank you all for listening for a whole 18 minutes to the first episode of the Payday Podcast. I'm so glad you all joined me for this conversation, and I hope it was helpful for you as you create your own job search strategy and navigate yourself into that next higher paying role. This is Samantha Mantra signing off. Take care, y'all, and enjoy the rest of your payday. Payday.